This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. All right, we have a roundtable coming up in 15 minutes. Hayes Permar, who will be here all next week, he will be featured as will Brian Geisinger. And I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. We'll talk about the stuff you expect us to talk about. Carolina, Duke, State, football, I don't know, cooking, you know, musical instruments. I don't know. We can talk about anything. Hayes plays the piano. I don't think Geisinger plays an instrument. Maybe he might play the French horn. I don't know. He looks like a guy probably, you know, when he was uh, in like grammar school, played the French horn in the band. Somebody had to. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's it's a strange looking instrument. It's got a lot of stuff coming out of it. So, uh, we'll see. We'll talk about whatever it is we want to talk about. We don't even have to have a reason. All right. Let's uh, let's get to the wall of sound. The wall of sound is a function of this studio. There's no doubt about it. It's cold out, isn't it, Dennis? I love it. All right. You love it. That's right. That's right. I forgot you're from Wisconsin. So. <laughs> I'm a thick boy, man. It's it's our time of year. <laughs> it's thick boy season. Uh, I mean, I don't love it. I don't love it. That's fair. That's fine. Right? So it's not for all of us. No, it's not for everybody. Okay. It's okay. So it's going to be cold when I leave the arena, when you leave the arena tonight. Probably around 12, 13 degrees when we leave. But it's not nearly as bad as it is in Waterloo, Iowa. And there is a TV sportscaster in Waterloo, Iowa named Mark Woodley. And because sports was canceled during this frigid snap, they sent him out to help out the news team. And Mark Woodley was not happy. Mark, how are you feeling out there? Uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question, right? I normally do sports. Uh, everything is canceled here for the next couple of days. So what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours normally uh, earlier than he would normally wake up, go stand out in the wind and the snow and the cold and tell other people not to do the same. I didn't even realize that there was a 3.30 also in the morning uh, until today. It's absolutely uh, fantastic, Ryan. You know, I, I'm used to these <laughs> evening shows that are only 30 minutes long, and generally on those shows, I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. How do I get that uh, Storm Chaser 7 duty? I, I feel like Clint got the uh, better end of that deal. You know, that thing's heated. Um, the outdoors currently is not heated. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I've, I've got good news and, and I've got bad news. The, the good news is that I can still feel my face right now. The bad news is I kind of wish I couldn't. Can I go back to my regular job? I, I'm pretty sure, Ryan, that you guys added an extra hour to this show just because somebody likes torturing me because compared to two and a half hours ago, it is just getting colder and colder. Live in Waterloo, for the last time this morning, thankfully, I'm Mark Woodley. New 7 KWWL. All right, my favorite part of that was, oh, well, first, my favorite part of it is all of it. 
But my favorite part of my favorite part was I didn't realize there was a 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Didn't realize a 3.30 in the a.m. <laughs> oh, just that is fantastic. It, it did remind me of Chance the Rapper uh, on Saturday Night Live when they uh, the skit was they took the Knicks reporter and because of, uh, I think, paternity leave, mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper had to cover the Rangers as well. Uh, in a word, cold. Uh, it's very cold all around here. <laughs> yeah, very cold. Uh, and that was the first time that we were, it, well, it was not the first time, but Brady Shea's uniform was used when he yeah. said, uh, grab one of the players. And you go, okay, uh, here's uh, a guy's got an S, a K, and a J all in a row. So that's a no. Yes, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> Just dynamite stuff. All right. Uh, to actual sports that was played last night. NC State struggled early, but ultimately beat Louisville last night. And Kevin Keats talked about this being a difficult part of the schedule. This is always the toughest game to play, um, that game right before Christmas. And, you know, I wanted to keep them focused, and it didn't matter who we were going to play. Uh, and it's, it's tough because we played an ACC team, uh, even though it's a team that didn't have, haven't had a lot of early success. No, they haven't. They were at one point 0-10. I still can't believe that Louisville was at one point 0-10. I can't. So you lost all of those games. You're, you buy teams. You pay teams to come to your place. And you lost all of those games. Wow. Anyway, Louisville put up a good fight in the first half. It was a three-point lead. State obviously got better in the second half. Here's Kevin Keats on the improvement. I didn't think we played hard enough in the first half and that's just not who we are not this particular team and so you know I had a few choice words and you know we we talked about it and I thought our energy level went up to another you know to another um, decimal in the second half and our guys really got after it how many letters do you think were in some of those choice words at halftime Dennis at least four yeah I would think four probably there might have been a hyphen and maybe an ing, right? Yeah. Yeah, like an ing at the end of uh, the... But I think the root of all of those words probably was four letters. Mm-hmm. I think the root. Uh, all right, finally from Kevin Keats. He noted that it wasn't a great night for Terquavian Smith, um, but other guys stepped up. I thought we shared the ball. We didn't make some shots we would normally make. I didn't think Tequavion Smith was Tequavion Smith today. Uh, but that being said, we got to find the ways to win when our two leading scorers don't play great. But, you know, obviously, you know, one of our bench guys now in DJ Burns has become a starter. And so as we continue to go, we got to continue to develop someone else off the bench. Yeah. DJ Burns was excellent. 17 points, 8 of 10 from the, from the floor. That's an efficient game. At six rebounds. Uh, Terquavian Smith, I think it's five of fourteen from the field. He wasn't a, he wasn't the normal Terquavian Smith, but uh, he was three of six from three, so he wasn't a train wreck there. Uh, Casey Morcel was really good. Morcel's going to be a major force for them, and I'll bet you that he has as much to do 
with whether or not NC State wins games as anybody they've got. He is the best spot-up shooter that they have. Five of seven from three-point range. Uh, On top of that, from playing at Virginia, he understands the value of defense. And I'm not trying to disparage anything that State has done. A, I think we'd all agree that this team has not been great defensively at any time under Kevin Keats. But if you go to Virginia, you get what the most important thing is, and that is defending. So Morsell obviously knows that, but the three-point stroke is really what NC State needs. All right, and finally, the Jets lost at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars last night. Fourth straight loss for New York. The Jaguars are a half game behind the Titans now. Half game behind the Titans in the AFC South. And they are coming for the Titans. With that said, the Jets are headed the other way. And Zach Wilson, the former, not former, he was the second pick in the draft, his draft year, was benched for somebody we have never heard of. Here's Zach. You have to look at it from a team's team perspective, right? We're, we're not doing anything offensively. And, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. We're trying to help get the guys going. I'm trying to, you know, get myself in a little bit of rhythm. And, and you know, we had nothing there. And so, you know, you can't blame him in that situation. You know, you put Chris out there, and he's obviously great with his legs and his arm. And, and he was able to, to give us a little bit of a spark there. And we were able to move the ball a little bit. And, you know, he obviously is one of those guys that's going to lay it all out there for the guys. And so, you know, I'm always happy for him. He's one of my good buddies. And so, um you know, happy for him to go out there, but I mean, you could see that was the most we've moved the ball a day. So you can't, you can't blame him there. You know, no, you can't. But Zach, I, here's my question: If you recognize that Chris, that was his name, Chris, somebody, Chris, I don't know, Chris, other guy. If you recognize that he's one of the guys who will lay it all out there for the guys, the team. Aren't you that guy? So somebody sent me a note yesterday that Zach Wilson gave all the offensive linemen like motorized scooters for Christmas. I mean, you did that. That's just money. But are you going to lay it all out there for the guys? See, this is why the guys love Mike White. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I don't think there's a ton of love for Zach Wilson in that locker room. No. I really don't. But I'm saying that from way afar. I am not around the New York Jets. Uh, and, and who would want to be? All right, when we come back, the roundtable. Hayes Permar, who will be sitting in this chair next week, and Brian Geisinger. We'll talk about, you know, things that have to do with balls. Next. Hayes Permar is here. He'll be here next week. Dennis refuses to put you on camera right now. I came in uh, spur of the moment. That was not in the producer's notes. I was not supposed to be here. I know. I was told you were going to be on video. I was video. supposed to be on Airlink, but power went down. <laughs> so I hightailed it into the studio. That's pretty. Uh, like that's, a team player I am. That's pretty nifty. Or. I forgot that I was supposed to be on the radio and I happened to be in the area. So I just came in and then I'm claiming that the power going out makes me a hero instead of a jerk. I don't know. It's one of those two. Oh you boy. can decide. That is. Why put, not both? Put it on the poll. 
Put it on the poll. <laughs> All right, it is time for the rewind. We'll tip not the rewind, the uh the round table. I don't know what this Camelot. show's called anymore. Camelot. It's only a model. Last week I was entirely surprised by who the roundtable contestants would be, but I knew it was going to be this week. Uh, it's Hayes, and it is Brian Geisinger, our friend from the League Pass Lair, Pack Pride, Devil's Den. I mean, he's, he's added Sports one. Channel 8. No, he's added one. He's added one? He's, uh, uh, Deacon's Digest? Are you Deacon's he's dropping the, Wake stuff now. Are you Deacon's? He drops them all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep, Deacon's Digest, baby. Had my first piece uh, over there drop today, or late last night, early this morning, on uh, Wake's win over Duke. Oh, my gosh. Pulled off the upset uh, a couple days ago. I was like, hoist the colors is about to hit him up and tell him, (laughs) hey, you want some ECU games down here? My guy Steven could probably use some help. Their basketball (laughs) team isn't terrible. They actually... they look like they're fairly competent. Get, if they have a potential second-round draft pick, then BG will watch all of their conference games. Not live, but he will get to them at some hey, point. What about an undrafted free agent? Do you draw the line there? Uh, dep- well, it yeah, well, depends. I mean, once the season's <laughs> over, then you got to get to those guys. You know what I mean? It's tough to get to them during the season. But between the end of the season and the draft, that's when you've got – that's what, like, April, May, and early June are for to, like, you know, you know do quality control and get to those guys before the draft. All right, so my question for you, Brian Geisinger, is the uh, what what surprised you most about Wake's win over Duke? Because I think you and I talked the day of that game, or maybe the day before that game. So what surprised you the most about Wake's win over Duke? Uh, the fact that Duke was so uh, sloppy, messy, inconsistent, or the fact that uh, Wake's two two of their best players that game could concentrate so soon after the World Cup because they beat Duke with two guys from England. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The um, I don't know. The biggest surprise of that I think may have just been I don't even know if it was so much of a surprise because Andrew Carr is a really good player, but I just thought Carr was like pivotal on both sides of the court. Like when he had to switch out on Jeremy Roach, he did a good job. And Wake had issues when they would try to switch and put Jeremy Roach on him on the other side of the court. Uh, Carr would just score right over the top of him. So, no, no, that game for me for Wake was really about Tyree Appleby and Cam Hildreth getting into the paint. And, and Matthew Marsh, who's turned into like a really nice like catch and lob mm-hmm. center for Wake Forest. That's like a real big player development win. I guess he's the uh, the mash in terms of uh, – Bangers and Steve mash, Forbes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve great. Forbes calling. He and Forbes Hildreth is great. Paid. Yeah, he's awesome. And he and his staff, like, they're really good. And, um, but, but just, I just thought Carr just sort of like putting out fires and filling in all the gaps for, for Wake was like pretty huge that game. I thought we're, the fact now Hildreth is from Worthing, England. And Worthing, yes. Worthing FC right now is at the bottom of League Two. Stop. So they are about, no, I'm serious. They're about <laughs> to get relegated Stop. to the National League. They might switch spots with Wrexham. He watch. You watching these games? You, you oh, watch, I don't watch Worthing FC. Uh, I do. I, I watch Welcome to Wrexham. The big question for me for Duke is: Are we going to ever see like Duke at one hundred percent full power this year? Right? Like you know, you know they're always going to. You're on, you're just on power right now. 
Yeah, yes. You got uh, Yes, it's all, yeah. about, it's all about power. <laughs> right now, they're on a generator. They're Like most of North Carolina, they're down about, four, about 40% of their population <laughs> is, is without power, and that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, no, I mean, you, you know the Duke, like, talent alone, although we've seen talented Duke teams that occasionally are – not, I mean, some are obviously better than others, right? Yeah. But it's rare to see them in this era bringing a bunch of guys that are going to the NBA and not be at least good, right? And the question well, I think is, they're good. I, well, yes, but the question is, are they going to be? Um, are we ever going? Yes, they'll be good, but are we going to get to see them be their max potential? A having guys healthy, but also healthy long enough to play together enough to where they can be the best they can be. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that question really becomes, like, what happens with Dariq Whitehead this yeah. season? Because, like, in, like, he's the ultimate piece. He's the most talented player on the roster. He's at full strength and, like, full confidence. He's the best draft prospect in the ACC, I think, by, like, a, by like a, a sizable margin. But, um, you know, it stinks because he was just starting to kind mm-hmm. of play a little bit better. He got his first career start against Maryland Eastern Shore, it had his best game, career highs and points and minutes and threes. And then, you know, unfortunately he gets sick uh, before what would have been a, you know, a big road game for him. And certainly a game that like Duke could have used his slashing and his creation and his shooting. So I just ultimately think it's like, if, if Whitehead can just, I mean, obviously like, you know, you want him to recover from sick, the sickness here, but sure. like, assuming he comes back from that, he's fine. I, if he can just build on what he was doing before you know, Duke took break, mm-hmm. took a break for exams and stuff like that. Then I think we could, we do have a chance to see them at sort of their full potential. But short of that, you know, I think there's going to be games where they look very good because they have good players, and then there could be other games where you can just t- kind of turn their water off offensively. And that's what happened uh, earlier this week in Winston. Here's the, this is the question that I have. It's not really a question; it's an, an observation from from me, and it's why. Duke's talent, like if you, if like my, my son is an NBA freak, so he reads box scores to me every day. And the number of former Duke players that he reads on a daily basis is amazing. The, tr- the problem is that so many of those players were here one year. We're never going to see these players, these teams realize their potential based on their talent and that is the that is the the unfortunate part because if these guys stayed a second year i don't think it's a stretch to say that duke might have three more national championships right if they get could you imagine if reddish zion and rj barrett (laughs) stayed another year (laughs) if those three guys stayed another year how did they ever lose given hell i mean I mean, dude, Zion had, we talked about it all the time during that season, Gold. That was the most, that was like quite possibly the most dominant season in the history of college basketball. It was certainly like the best individual season in the last 30 years Mm -hmm. of college basketball. He was incredible. So yes, if he, and by the way, like he's entering at age 22 or whatever, he's like entering the MVP conversation in the NBA. Right. So Yes, he would have been very, very good as a sophomore. And look, like, you know, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where, like, maybe NIL does make that pathway a yeah. little bit more He would have stayed compelling. if he could have made $5 million. He would have. He would have stayed if he could have made $5 million bucks in college. 
it it just is tough because it's like you know if you're projected to be a top then obviously he was going to go number one or mm-hmm. if you're like rj barrett that year if you you're probably top four he ended up going three to new york like you can look up like what your rookie you know first year salary is going to be like that's slotted already because of the the rookie's wage scale in the nba so like you know what does it need to be close enough like does the nl does the in this hypothetical scenario it's like how close does the NIL money have to be to that year one salary to get you to come back another year? If you're one of these top flight guys, the, the dudes that like I'm a little more intrigued with or the ones that I think you're starting to see it like pay off on are, you know, like Turquavion Smith, who like a guy like that who could have gone pro, right? Could have been a top 25 mm-hmm. pick a season ago. And ultimately, like he's probably not going to like, I don't think Turquavion's playing his way into like the top 10 or anything like that, but He's been awesome this year, <laughs> and it, it looks like he's having a lot of fun playing at state and getting to be the man, and you know, almost lead the league in scoring and like make a couple hundred thousand dollars while he's doing it. And he'll probably improve his draft stock like a marginal amount. You know what I mean? And like that's kind of a win-win for everybody. So, um, or I guess I should just say like a win for everybody. But those are those. And so, like I think Trevor Keel, Trevor Keels would have been like an interesting guy for Duke, right? right. It's like. You know, he ends up going early in the second round to New York in the draft, and he was, but like Keels was younger. I forgot for the freshman. I class. forgot he, Trevor, he was, Trevor Keels went there. Like he was younger, and and now you look at them now, and and you have a game like this against Wake, where sometimes they struggle on the half court, and I know Keels had his issues last year, but as much as I like, I like Tyrese Proctor. I think he's like a good player, and obviously Jeremy Roach has been like a very good player the last you know two three seasons for Duke, but. You just think about what Keels could do with that frame and his ability to pressure the rim. And like, you know, they brought in Proctor a year early, essentially because Keels left for the draft, you know, like that's, that's how that worked out. And because they didn't, there were some guys they missed on in the transfer portal, but like just how much would would Keels have made a difference for them this year? And would that have mattered at all in terms of like his future NBA potential? That's Brian Geisinger. I hate to sound like old man-ish, but no, like, is fine. It, I'm an it, old man. Isn't it, sound like isn't me. it uh, obviously uh, the, the, the rules have evolved the way they are because uh, it's a uh, player and athlete empowerment. These guys have a small window to earn you know, life-changing money. And if you take three of those years off the table being 18, 19 and 20, you're taking money out of their pocket. So it's, it's right the way that it is happening. It's close. But, and actually I wouldn't say it's right. It's closer. It's closer to right. Yes. Right. But how, yeah. I mean, but it just reminds you of like when, when we were watching college basketball in the golden era of the eighties and nineties, like you were watching, I don't know, somewhere 10 to 20% of the best players in the world were still in college every year because they were just, <laughs> you know, it was Patrick Ewing, but just a year before he would have been dominating the right. NBA, but he's in college. We can, I mean, how amazing would it be if we were still in that era just as a selfish fan to be able to be like, no, Zion might think about going pro after three years right. and like we'd all be considered <laughs> yeah. that going early. Like how good would some of these teams be? Michael Jordan yeah, stayed crazy. three years. Yeah. Len Bias stayed three years, right? Tim uh, Duncan four years. Tim Duncan stayed four years. <laughs> yeah, he's Tim, one of the he's one of the ten greatest players in the history of basketball. He would have years. He would have been Wake the first Forest. pick in the draft his freshman year. Yeah, Tim Duncan yes. would have been the first pick in the draft coming out <laughs> yeah. as a freshman, yeah. and he stayed. Uh, Hayes, you <laughs> you bring up an interesting point because everybody that I speak with that hates what is happening today, a hundred percent of the people who hate it, I do not hate it, right? I am fine with it. Uh, I made my peace with it a long time ago when we saw that these kids were only staying a year anyway. Right. Right. 
but everybody says the same thing. I am not watching college basketball. I am not watching college football. And the transfer portal has something to do with this. But if we took the money out of the sport, if the, if the conferences, if the Big Ten didn't sign a media contract that pays it a billion dollars a year, <laughs> right, then we would we could go back to having the sport be what the yep. sport is. Yep. The reason why these kids are now being allowed is because we all know what's going on. We know that the um, the establishment is making million, hundreds of millions of dollars using free labor. Sure, we know that, and because we're not dumb, we have a, we can't we can't balance that. We, we, the kids have to have access to it. I mean, I don't really have anything other than that. But, but you're you're espousing the exact same thing I hear from everybody. Yeah, I, you can't blame the average fan for. I mean, I, I don't think you're. I don't think you're not supporting players' rights to say it was it was a more it was a better viewing product when it was twenty year olds that could be playing in the NBA that were top level I in agree. the world. Playing tied to your favorite school, right? Like the game I, is the college game is not nearly yeah, as good I'm, as it used to be. I'm not, I'm not uh, a hater for saying that, that that was the case. Like, yes, when we find out that it was, you know, a, a totally suppressed market, and and you know the the way that it was done was wrong. And and again, you think about uh, extra money. Think about a guy like you know Patrick Ewing or, or Tim Duncan. Right. Uh, three years of multi million dollar contracts, um, and uh, that that they could have had. Now things worked out for those guys, but I think but, so. But other folks who just you know, if they even if they had played in the NBA for a year or two, capitalized on a good freshman season or whatever, um, life could have been different for them. But no, selfishly as a fan, I, I miss the days where you got this. You knew what the cast was of the reality show going back to the next season, right? It wasn't a right. a whole clean cast, and so that that made it cool. All right, be, well, we only have a couple of seconds here. I, I, I the time goes very fast when we do this. And Rip this it up was, on the round table. Completely unstructured. <laughs> completely unstructured. Uh, and so I'm not even going to ask the questions I was going to ask. Uh, what was the best Christmas gift uh, that you got last year? I can't I can't ask you that oh. for this year. Oh, God. Uh, Hayes, what was the best Christmas gift you got last year? Got last year. Do you remember year. them? Uh, yes. I think last year I got a, a an oyster steamer, like a, a... Excuse you? Like a, a thing that you could steam oysters on. Okay. Like a, an outdoor cooking thing. That was one of my best okay. gifts last year. If I if I can't think of anything off the top of my head, um, that was definitely... That was a top present last to year. Uh, my mother-in-law. Very. Who you, uh, very you run smart. into. I do. I do. At, at the salon. <laughs> she goes, get, yeah, shouts to Salon AG, man. Uh, Brian, what was the best gift you got last year? Man, I was just trying to rack my brain. I don't remember while... any gifts I got last year. Yeah, time. like I, like I usually have a pretty good memory, but I don't like I yeah. It's oh, like I, know I can tell I... you, you know, it's like I'm I could tell them. you what I could tell you what. Oh, cool. I could, but it's like I could tell you what Casey Morshell shot from three point last year. <laughs> Five <laughs> of last year. I don't but know. I, but I but I can't tell you what I got for Christmas, which is like a sad state of affairs. So okay, maybe I liked everything equally. In Casey Morshell shot thirty five percent. We need a Ken Palm. For Christmas gifts, um, I gifted. I have gifted. So my brother-in-law is a Virginia fan. He went to UVA, and I have gifted him 
a Ken Palm subscription. Did you? Oh, Christmas. so he can yeah. he can be proud of his offensive efficiency. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did you gift him a subscription or did you just share your password, just, BG? No, <laughs> I, I gifted it. I literally paid for him to have a like, separate account on Ken Palm. All right, All that's right. fair enough. I got Chelsea boots. Yeah. That was the best gift I got. Ooh, I love these boots. Ooh. They're cool boots and they're incredibly comfortable. So uh, that's all I got. Merry Christmas to Hayes Permar. Merry Christmas to Brian Geisinger. You're going to be in this chair Tuesday through Friday next week. We'll have some fun. Don't tune out. Tune in. We got all the bowl games. We got all the bowl games. I tune in. I I, I listen to you. When anybody else fills in, I don't listen. I'm not kidding. (laughs) You you fill in. I listen. I appreciate that. I am 100% team. You You know know what, Gold? I, I probably I may not listen, but I'm willing to bet if Hayes is in for four days, I bet I'm invited back on. There's a decent chance. Oh, yeah. There's a decent chance you're, on, Brad guys you're on twice this week. <laughs> There's a decent chance. I, that's right. Uh, that's you, right, baby. You shouldn't give me your phone number. Brian Geisinger <laughs> at Guys underscore bird. Hayes Permar at DHPIV. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medications secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.